the Minnesota Football Show, your regular dose of smart, socially aware, and occasionally snarky news and commentary about local, national, and international soccer. The Minnesota Football Show co-hosts are Bridget McDowell and Sheila Reed, produced and co-hosted by Rodrigo Sanchez Javeria and Eric Silva Renner. You can follow the Minnesota Football Show at Show on your social media platform of choice. Subscribe to and rate the Minnesota Football Show on iTunes. And welcome to another edition of the Minnesota Football Show. I am one of your co-hosts, Rodrigo. My other co-host on my left-hand side of my Zoom screen uh, is, of course, is Eric. And joining us anytime soon will be our beloved Sheila. Uh, what's going on, Eric? Hey, man. Um, doing well. Got back from some uh, rolling around with sweaty dudes and ladies. We have, we, have, we have a good contingent of women, which is always a good thing to have at the... Uh, MMA gym. It was good. Good workout. Um, ended up with a really big guy who is a wrestler and wrestling coach and probably, well, definitely has at least 60 pounds on me and could probably have snapped me in half if he wanted to. But um, I just put, just tweeted out like at the end of our session and we had a good role and he, he kind of exhausted himself a little bit in the uh, drills. So he was like, he was panting pretty hard when it was time to go, but he was like, yo man, thank you. I, I learned a lot from you. I'm like, that's cool. Considering you could have like thrown me across the room, like like a super villain, and <laughs> I go crashing through the window. So I appreciate that. <laughs> that's 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 interesting. No, I just came back from um, covering Isa Watch's uh, coaching shift because she was sick. But uh, saw a bunch of players whose whose older siblings I have. So it was interesting. A lot of them were like, yeah. "I know you, I know you," and I was like, "Great." Um, it's always fun just being in a nice, not so hot day. So, so overall yeah. is good. But let's um, let's jump right in. Let's talk about that local and that national and all the other stuff. Do you want to talk about uh, your beloved Crows? The Crows, uh, they have their last home game this evening tonight. That's uh, Saturday, July tenth, six p.m. at the Nelly. Uh, this is a repeat against Joy Athletic. The last match was a three-two. Uh, we talked about it on this on this program. A very chippy match. Uh, lots of fouls, a couple cards, uh, lots of uh, tension. There were a couple times where you know um, uh, the players all crowded together. So you know, con- considering uh, how entertaining and and uh, chippy that one was, I would imagine that this one will probably be the same. So it'd be a good one for kind of a uh, season finale, as it were, before right. playoffs right. get going. Are we, are we hoping to have a WWE death match somehow in the middle of this whole thing? It could happen. You know, who knows? Who knows? It, it, it's a little scary. Like I they're they're very close to the highway. So I hope I hope nothing happens where bodies start going over the uh, the barrier on 94. That would be that would be bad. That'd be very bad. <laughs> but it should be a great match. Um, yeah. So tonight, six at the Nelly. And and we already know we've talked about it before. The they they've clinched the uh, NPSL North. That's not going to change. Um, but as they start to line up who they're going to play in the playoffs, that that's where this becomes kind of important. Because obviously, if they stay undefeated, they're going to get a bye, which would be great. Um, and I think Duluth has one loss or two losses. It's escaping me right now. So you know, assuming they stay undefeated, puts them in a great position to start playoffs yeah. next time next week. Yeah, Coach Matt still refuses to meet me uh, on a soccer field every time Easton Watch plays 
plays fusion, the fusion team. So I, I'm, I'm trying to get him to meet me somewhere on there just so I can talk to him about other stuff, but that's great. I mean, tonight is, is, a, is, is a good night. It should be, it should be a good night to watch some soccer, good to watch some. So hopefully a lot of you will, will make it to the Nelly and hopefully we'll be able to um, report back. But yeah. another team that played right uh, going into Minnesota United, uh, it was uh, we played, I guess we'll be talking about two games. The first game was the uh, games against the, uh, against the quakes, the quakes, the quakes. The yeah. Almeidas. I, I'm, I'm going to let you go on this. Hi, Sheila. Welcome. Hi. <laughs> How are you? I'm okay. I'm hot. I'm going to open my window. There you go. Um, I was, I'm trying to finish up this album before it becomes a year. So I was in studio doing some music work uh, for this one. And then I can't remember. Oh, I just, I just couldn't get the other one and I got in late. So Rodrigo and Sheila, I will let you all do the thing. I'm going to mute myself and take it away. Talk about the match matches plural. Oh, you're leaving Eric. Say that again. No, he's just, he didn't watch the game. So he doesn't. Oh, oh, okay. I mean, I, I know ish kind of what happened and, Sure, I'll chime in, but I, I, I want you guys drive because you actually watched or were there. So take the wheel. Yeah, I'm, I, I'm, we, I'm, um, I'm in the kitty seat. <laughs> we went into we, we watched this game live. Right. I think me and uh, the families, we all we all went there. It was our first like, you know, having full stand. Everyone. It was it was nice uh, seeing the um, the stadium, at, at what it could be full capacity in a sort of sense. But I didn't leave my seat. So I didn't go to the concourse or anything like that. So I was like, I'm not dealing with that. We were all wearing masks as well, too. And so um, um, I did bring my um, I did bring my um, my Boca de North scarf. So that was that was always good. Um, and I think a couple of photographers caught me um, trying to, to to do stuff with it. So but overall, like we we started slow. And I think um, I don't know if. Um, if it was just the way that we were playing, but or the way that San Jose decided to attack us, um, no use. We were used to a man press, but we're also not used to having seventeen-year-olds being that man, man man press. So that means there was a lot of pressure in our center backs, and um, the big, uh, the big. You know, he's big because I never seen Kate Cowell until today, and he's he's pretty big. He's you know, for a 17 year old, I was going to say, he's like, he's a solid 17 year old, solid 17 year old. He was trying to go after box. So he tried to hip check him a couple of times. Yeah. And I was like, wow. I was like, you, you either got a death wish or you just <laughs> really, 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 really got a lot of energy. And that energy talk, paid off. Right. You mentioned the back line, Rodrigo. Do you want to talk a little bit about it? Cause there was some changes with, uh, uh, folks out, obviously the, the big one being Metinair trying to do the, uh, green card citizenship thing in France right now. So maybe talk yeah, about how does, how does that work out? Like, how do you not get your paperwork else in order? Okay. Paperwork strikes again, man. This <laughs> well, is the second, like, time. <laughs> second time the paperwork screwed with us. So we had Tyler Miller. We had uh, Juka Raitala as the right back. Uh, then you had Boxel and Nabasi and Chase Gasper. Right. And then I think uh, we also had uh, Reynoso, uh, Dotson, uh, and just the regulars, uh, I forget who was on the right. And I think, I don't think it was Nico. I think it was, might've been Nico. I don't know if Lude was back then, um, for that yet. Uh, but regardless, right. We, their, their, their man press and their pressing was really high and really, really strong. And so, and one of those, um, 
one of those passbacks, Debassi kind of lazily, um, you know, tries to tries to pass ball the ball back, and Espinosa just jumps and snipes right in front of it. And next thing you know, you got a two on one that Tyler Milanos can't really do too much about it. And um, Keikao, of course, first goal in the fifteenth minute, and everyone was not happy about that. And I think um, yeah, that one looked pretty bad on the on the replays in the film that I saw. Yeah, it was it was it was not pretty, right? And I think also it was um, the thing is too as well as uh, Fragapane didn't didn't look to be trying to be out wide where he's best at. He was kind of pinching in, and then so which meant that Chase was going forward, which is another thing that we can talk about later on. But it's just overall, whenever uh, we're looking for offense from our um, my wingers from our left and right back it just it gets really complicated so uh don won nothing i think um we're able to just uh try to get used to the game um tell me when um the box all thing happens because he gets hurt yeah he gets hurt right around i think the 30th minute um like i said he was being physical with Cade, and i think at one time Cade tried to hip check him and i don't know that's when he started feeling it but they're I, I know that he passed the ball back and then he failed something and then he just went down and then the ball was killed out and then Coleman had to come in and everyone was really, really, really upset just for the aspect that, you know, no boxel, no mitts in the air. The boss, he was only one, one in the line, but he already had made a mistake. Right. Like usually when our main center back goes out, lucky if we get a tie out of this or lucky if we don't lose. Yes. Um, but um, Coleman stepped in, and um, I think he did an okay job, a decent job. There are times where he got beat. Um, but we started to create a little bit more space. And I think um, what happens a lot is with the man marking, Reynoso always had one person in, with him, or at least one or two. So every time he had the ball, he had to get rid of it. So it wasn't much room for able to create. And the only way that you are able to create is if you're able to play the ball wide. And we all know that there's an ongoing trust issue between Chase and uh, Reynoso. So Chase, so Reynoso seems not to always want to pass the ball to Chase. And so it, it was it was hard trying to figure out, make sense of what, what was going on. But they kept on pushing. And literally on a, on a was it a corner? Yeah, corner step piece, right? Where like the ball was, 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 was uh was Reynoso took the corner, uh Fragapane tried to do like a half volley, half bicycle kick and didn't get connections on too well, and it just kind of sent it towards uh Coleman. Coleman, um Coleman touched it with his with his uh, thigh, it kind of bounced in front of him, and then it became a chase between the defender and Coleman, and and Coleman got his full foot and hip right around her and just swung through. And miracle goal. Amazing in. goal. Ridiculous angle. And he megged the guy, too. He megged that defender that was on him. So it's just one of those things that you're like, wow. You know, like, no one was expecting that to happen. And uh, it was good going in on halftime, 1-1 for sure. That, yeah. And who did the assist there? Fraga. Fraga Pane. This, this is what sent uh, left-wing... Uh, Minnesota United fans ablaze because you have the one guy that at this point was under investigation for using a racial slur with the one guy who already has 
questionable politics and never supported the uh, black players for change or, or standing or anything like that combining <laughs> for the goal, which is just like, of course, that's what the universe is going to, is going to give us that these two are going to find each other. But anyway, having said that, the, the goal is pretty spectacular. It, it's just such an acute angle and, you know, nine times out of 10, there's, there's no way that that's going to go in. And this is the one time that did. So good on them. The right wingers find each other, <laughs> even though I guess he was on the left, but you know, you know what I'm saying? Go ahead. That, take it away. That's a good pun. That's a good pun. Then I think the, uh, the second half uh, starts. And I think um, were there um, substitutions in the second half? I wanted to say that they were, but I'm trying to blank out. I think, the most in- interesting thing for me was just the fact that um, we were able to play the ball more wide, and then Fragapane was actually more wide. Because I-, I feel that when Chase goes up, I feel Fragapane has to pinch in. And when that happens, like his back is is turned to wherever he needs to be. So his field of vision is not the greatest, and he gets dispossessed. And he got dispossessed a lot in this game. Um, the ball was taken away from him. And like if it's 1v1 and he's on the wing, He'll be able to more than likely win that battle, but it would, when it's in the middle, it's just it just makes it really difficult for him to to do anything. And you know, honestly, I don't like Chase going up. And I'm not saying uh, Raitala was a better option either, but um, at, at least he was able to stay home most of the majority of the time. So, do you, do you remember this the the Abilo goal, the 69th minute? I I for the life of me, I cannot picture it right now. Is that a PK? Is it a PK? Maybe that's right. Yeah, Chase Gasper was. Uh, oh was yes, the, yes, yes. You're Chase right. Chase Gasper yep. um, had it. had been pushing into the, the the one thing that playing San Jose does is it lets our center backs dribble up a lot, and the Bazi was doing that a lot, which is good, and so was Boxer before he got hurt. But in those in those times, there were there were some calls that were questionable, and one of them was you know Chase Gasper getting fouled in the box and wasn't called, but this time it was. Actually, I had to go to I think VAR to be able to uh, um, to be able to figure out if it was a penalty kick, and it was. And um, Juan Chope, who had come in, um, was elected to take the PK, and it was a, it was a well taken PK, but it was blocked. And I think the the funniest thing was just uh, him watching him just kind of like speed speed run through it. You know, and, and then Panenka and chip the goalie over over again. And he's got, he's got like the big man wobble. Boom, 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 boom. Yeah. <laughs> I mean, I I like I get it. He's not fast and he'll never be fast. But dear Lord, can that guy have foot skills? Like yeah. I think he megged like three or four people while I was trying to figure things out. And he's willing to dribble it in the box and he's okay at passing. He just needs to be better at determining where the balls are gonna go or who's going to those balls. Because some of his passes would go into space that you would think someone would go into, but they weren't going into that space. But there you go. We have a 2-1 lead. And This is uh, what's frustrating. Because a lot of the comments that I was seeing was, you know, they I, – I, I, let me ask you. Or let me ask both of you. Did, did they start to bunker? I don't remember what the subs were, what happened here. But it sucks to let this go and it ended up getting a tie when clearly – we were looking for the win. So, so I guess the question is what happened between the 70th minute and the 82nd minute? Um, I'm, 
I'm like, uh, I think one of the things is just, you know, you have, um, you have um, Ozzy come in in the 74th minute for Adrian Unu. Uh, and I think that's, that's one of those things that like, I'm a huge Ozzy supporter, but I think this season, it, it, every time he comes in to try to save a lead, I think it's only worked in one game, and that was a crazy Portland game that was played at like you know at midnight. That's the only time it's ever actually worked. But every time he comes in to protect the lead, he just doesn't stay in his where he's supposed to be, and he pushes the ball up, and then just leaves a big old gap, and 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 our defense gets really stretched. And I think that was one of those things because um, well, that take goes a look kind of. Um... I guess a little bit counter to the usual criticism of Heath that he doesn't substitute enough, but maybe he just, if he substituted more, there would be less, it would be less jarring when somebody does come in. I mean, the the thing is too, is like, I mean, he substituted early, which was crazy, right? He substituted like in the 46th minute, he took Nico Hansen out. And he took Juka right right out and put in DJ Taylor. And I thought DJ Taylor did a really good job. Like there were a couple of one v one situations when he was defending when he was, he was able to dispossess um, the attacking player in our defensive third and do something with it. So that that was good to see because we've been wondering, you know, when we were going to see um, younger players come in and play. And it's been this season has been really interesting how like Heath doesn't uh, like to condone to the American uh, ways of um, of substitution because we're so obsessed with substitution, but apparently so is you he. people, like, you people, you people, you people. And we, we, and, and somehow in this game, he was able to do an early one. Right. And I think that was the crazy was because, because uh, he was, uh, he was able to bring in um, those players. And I think it, it started changing the tone a bit. I mean, Abuela was just dribbling through people, but he was able to connect closes. The one thing that really made me mad is the fact that San Jose had about seven or eight block shots. We had like 18 total shots in this game, right? And seven of those were block shots. Hassani Dotson had a great game in the second half. He just couldn't put anything away. It was either a pole or it hit some San Jose player, right? And I think in, in, in that mixture when Ozzy came in, the tone kind of shifted to like, we're going to try to just bunker a bit. And as much as I like that idea, like you need to have the right personnel out there. And if, if you don't have Boxy out there and the Bossy and Metanier, then I'd rather just you do a like for like substitution, right? And in this case, if you're going to bring someone in, bring someone in like a Jacory Hayes who can play some defense, but who could also be able to be controlling on the ball, right? Control the ball. You, you love you some Jacory Hayes, Rodrigo. <laughs> Oh, we all do. I mean, I think he's proven enough to be able to be a valuable asset to this team. It's just we don't use him as often in the situations that we need to be. And I think in those situations, he should be. I don't know if Ozzy has some sort of like, you know, in his contract, he has like he has to come in 20 minutes every other so game or whatever, or a certain amount of minutes. But like, it seems that they're forcing him to play and he hasn't really been that successful. And, you know, that's unfortunate because we like it. But um it needs to be one of those situations and it isn't one of those situations. Right. I think in, in the, what, um, gosh, must've been like the 82nd minute, right. Where, um, they're on a counter. And I think Hassani Dotson tries to out and help out 
So it's Dotson and Chase, I think, and they both get beat, right? But then because they're out so wide, there's no one really in. So the ball goes into the middle, and then trap is too slow from tracking. So the so the player just takes it all the way out. Benji takes it all the way out, and then he and then Coleman's too too um too late to come out and and just put pressure on the ball and the ball is released and goes into the goal in the 82nd minute with tied 2-2. And so there you go. Very, mu- right? very much a tie that feels like a loss, right? Well, I mean, we did lose. We lost Boxy. I mean, <laughs> I mean, I would have, I would have, I would have loved to kept Boxy up, but it's just one of those things that didn't happen. And it really, it sets up foreshadowing of what happens in the next game. Right. Correct. Correct. I do think it's weird how like, the, the whole thing with uh, with Fagapone happened and then we just kind of move on and forget oh, we're, we're going to talk. We're, it's coming. It's, that's what's next here, in fact. Well, before we say go there, though, um, so 2-2 is your final there, the, the tie that feels like a loss. Got to mention that uh, after the match, um, Dotson does his thing, does the proposal. So congratulations to he and his now fiance. She she was she was dressed up pretty uh pretty well. Do you think this was like a a planned situation? I think it was pretty staged, but that's okay. Yeah. Let them be happy. I Let actually happy. think it's um it's better if, if oh yeah stage. I I am very I I am very anti um Surprise. public engagements um when right, the person doesn't isn't doesn't give it get a heads up. Right, because what if they say no, right? I mean, well, especially yeah, yeah, there's, say, like, there's like this weird like pressure in front of twenty thousand people too. Right? Yeah, so definitely right you better give her a heads up. Yeah, 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 yeah. That's that's real talk. So congratulations to Dotson and the fiance, and um, I think that's probably one of the highlights of the that. But I'm assuming you want to talk about the investigation. Let's let's do it. Let's do it. So. Here's the weak sauce from Minnesota United. They say they unequivocally support the principles of inclusion, equality, and respect, both in words and actions, blah, blah, blah. There's no place for racism, homophobia, misogyny in any form. All individuals deserve to be treated with respect and dignity. We appreciate and fully support the thorough investigation by MLS, whose findings mirror our own review of the situation. Our club remains committed to spreading the values inherent in the unparalleled global sport of soccer throughout the broader, our broader community. We will continue the hard work necessary on our shared journey towards a truly inclusive and just society. I don't think I actually put in the MLS version, but basically what they say is, um, what's the phrase? Rodrigo? Help me out. It, 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 they say they can basically neither confirm nor deny, right? Yeah, pretty but much. They're, they're saying that the the allegation, but they believe fully that the allegation was made in good spirit and good faith. It. And I'm like, so you can't confirm, you can't deny, but the allegation is valid. And then Minnesota United saying we agree what they say. So Minnesota is saying there was an accusation and we believe it was valid, but we just can't prove that it happened. Yeah, it's very much rug, wipe, 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 right. rug down. Exactly. By the way, I-, I wanted to compliment both of you. And I know Bridget's off this week, but including Bridget and you two, you guys did an excellent job uh, with the discussion on that last week. So well done. I-, I thought you covered it very, very well. Um, But yeah, so unsurprisingly it doesn't seem like a lot's going to happen here um however shortly after this was released diego chara 
uses his Twitter to basically kind of lay it, lay down, you know, his perspective and his opinions. And the one that I stuck in here of the thread three of three, he says, no one should experience this despite the inconclusive findings by MLS. It's my hope that Minnesota's organization will address the issue with the player and their team to ensure this will not happen again. So he's of not course. backing down. He is not. And on top no, of that, no, he should. What's right. that? Did the, did the black players coalition say something? Yes, they did. That's the next one. Uh, BPC, but, uh, we are aware of the alleged racial verbal assault against Chara that occurred last Saturday's match, blah, 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 blah. BPC is closely monitoring the MLS investigation of the incident uh, in direct contact with MLS officials. We'll provide further comment once the investigation is completed. I don't know if they have put something out yet, but then uh, our friends in Red Loons also say uh, we, reiter we reiterate our demand for MLS and MNUFC to make their investigation transparent and exhaustive and regardless of their outcomes, make tangible and impactful efforts to make sure no players in our league feel racially abused by anyone. Um, ISC also chimed in. We believe in support Diego Chara. So I guess the point of, of putting all these little tidbits of reactions in here is just to say that as much as MLS and, and uh, Minnesota United want to move on from this, there are a number of people that are not going to let this just go away, which is good. Um, well, I think the thing too is it's just that we still have no change to the policy or the system, right? Like, and I think that's the biggest thing for me is just the fact that we've had several instances happen and nothing's come out of it because nothing can be confirmed nor denied. But what other steps are being taken to make sure that we can eradicate this type of behavior on the field? That's right, because it's going to happen again. You know, it's right. going to happen again. If if there if there's no if, if there's no way, I mean, it's 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 going to be, and I'm and I'm hoping that you know, like, and we don't know what happens. We don't know what's said. Diego is the only person that can tell us what was said, um, and uh, I think that's that's kind of like the frustrating part too is that this is a closed investigation. We have no information whatsoever, and. Um, and it's going to make it really interesting when when Portland comes into town, and and these two these two gentlemen right. get to be in the field. So we'll see what happens after that. And I think that's, red cards all the way around. Well, I mean, I think <laughs> I would hope that the referees who are in charge in this match are are aware of the situation and yes, they are more that's, that's, aware that's and point. need to be keep ears open and be watching out for stuff like that, just because they know there is the potential of it happening. Um, I think, I think overall, it's just, you know, very disappointing. And I think if anything, um, I hope Minnesota United and Portland are setting their own policies in their own clubs, how they want to address things like this and be that I don't want Frank Aponte to be out there saying, you know, uh, going out and being a public place for, uh, diversity. I, I don't want him to do that. <laughs> you know, I, I, that's the last thing I want him to do. I want him if anything, you know, everyone needs to go some sort of training, but in addition, someone needs to be able to set some sort of policy. With me, with the policy is where it stops. If you can set policy, then you can at least have a much better handling in a situation if it happens again. Yeah. The only thing I can think of where if there was some kind of public thing with him is if there was very much like a, a sit down or like a Zoom <laughs> with him and Chara that was recorded and was public where they, they hash everything out. And then I don't know if they're able to do some kind of um, what do you call it? Mediation or something like that. That was made public. I, but I think I, I just doubt that's going to happen. I think that's that idea is a good faith idea, but I'd also don't want to re-victimize the person that was. Victimized. Of course. 
Well said. So you yes, don't want no, to relive that's, them that's that totally room, fair. So. That's totally fair. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So. That's true. Um, what was the other thing I was going to say? I had something. Right. Oh, <laughs> uh, I, I doubt any of these people listen to this program because they very much know who we are and what we stand for. But um, big, unsurprisingly, there were responses um, online via social media very much in support of this player um, and 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 support of the process and all these things and, and basically coming after uh, a number of us that are trying to get more um, to, to get more information and basically just not let it go. Um, so for the fash and the chuds that are all out on the woodwork, um, you can all have yourselves basically as far as I'm concerned and we're not gonna let it go. That's all I gotta say. That's like a really <laughs> great transition, Eric. Like, thanks. I don't even know what we're gonna do next. Okay, so um, should we just go over uh, what is the MLS, this is MLS last couple of games, right? Yeah. Yeah, you can do the, if there's any, any that stand out. I mean, obviously the Toronto one, because that's going yes, to be. Yes, I want to talk about that one. <laughs> Go ahead. 7-1, the 7-1 Toronto game was bonkers. Seven different players scored, right? But that was also that was also the game where they uh, they did a tribute, uh, um, not banner. What is it called? Cheese. Um, uh, Tifo did a tribute Tifo to Big Rob, who Rob Gillespie, who was a founding member of Barra Brava. Uh, they said big Rob black and black and red forever. And then at the very bottom, I said, Kobe still sucks, which I thought was hilarious. <laughs> so, but this is just a game where like, you could totally tell Toronto was done. They did not want to play. And I don't know. And we've talked, I mean, you heard about it. And we'll dive right into it after that, but we've heard about how like, uh, you know, it's, it's been one of those situations where like, Chris Armas is trying to figure things out and to the point where like, you know, Josie Altador is practicing away from the facilities. I mean, it's just. There, there's it's just, some serious locker room drama that we'll, we'll yeah, hear about in like mm-hmm. a year or two. Yeah. 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 I mean, the only one that really stood out was Chicago three zero over Atlanta. United. Yes. I think, I think Amazing. What happened? Beat me. Cobbless. Yes. Almost like if you take out the problem element, things start to function again. Right, <laughs> right, right. Who knew, right, right? I mean, Nashville was able to beat Philly, and I think those were all good Big days. Win. But the next day after this game, um, TFC, Toronto FC, announced that the club has relieved Chris Armas of his duties as head coach. And um, that was huge because that was, what, 11 games? Yeah, sounds about maybe less. Yeah, but 11 yeah, games into like a season. You know, you know what's really sad about this whole thing, though. Hmm. Yeah, just approved them to go play back in Canada. So oh, Chris sorry. Armas, Chris Armas never got to play the in front co- of the fans. No, well, Chris Armas never got the Toronto fan. Toronto coach never got to coach in Toronto at all. Right. Right, right. So, so that's one of those things. And um, that, that a that's a pretty. The, uh, oh, sorry. Please finish. No, I was just saying that was just pretty. It's just a pretty big, big deal. Like right. And um, Toronto, after that, they were able to win their first game in the, I don't know what and how long. Uh, but yeah. I mean, 7-1 seven, seven, with seven different players scoring. That, that is a deep nail in the coffin. That's, that is hard to escape from. <laughs> Ouch. Um, yeah. 
I don't, I don't know if there's any other ones to cover. I think we can move on from there. Works for me. Um, let's talk a little bit about the next round. Minnesota played on Wednesday. What the heck was I doing? Oh, I was a, I was doing my gym stuff again, and I thought I could pick this thing up because I because I knew it was a late game because it was in Colorado on Mountain Time, and this is one of those handful that were not on CSW. So wait, is that it? Yeah, CSW, right? That's the channel. Yes. Um, anyway, couldn't get it. So again, I throw to you all. Uh, we were without, obviously, Dane is with the Canadian team. Boxall still recovering from the injury you already talked about. Debasi was questionable. And um, I guess take it from there, Rodrigo or Sheila. Uh, this is an ugly game. Like, we knew it was going to be a tough game. But, like, li lineup-wise, this is an ugly game. We had Tyler Miller. Our backline was Chase Gasper, Drew Raitala, Brent Coleman, and DJ Taylor. So it was a probably not our strongest backline. We also had Fragapani on the left. Um, and Ozzy Alonso started this game. Um, John Gray, which was at the eight. Uh, Robin Lude makes his debut from the Euros. Um, and Unu and Reynoso, right? I think. Uh, from the beginning, it's just, it's just, I don't know. Like this game just felt like it was just, just kept getting worse, worse after every minute after every minute. It was one of those things. I was like, geez. Yeah, the like, vibe I got just from watching you all on Twitter, like afterwards, a little bit later, was that from the kickoff, they didn't want to be there. Is what it felt like from everybody. Like they just didn't want to play. <laughs> but go ahead. Please elaborate. Why, why did they not want to play? What didn't work? Um, what led to the Galvan 45th minute? Well, I mean, I think overall it's just just we weren't uh, connecting passes at all. Like it was some there – was, there, there wasn't the urgency to move the ball forward. I think that's one of the biggest things. I think if you would have put a Dotson in there, the ball would have been moving forward a lot faster. But it just—it's just one of those things where we couldn't—we um, couldn't move the ball, and our defending wasn't as crisp as it could be, and it's just—it's just an ugly, ugly game, like real ugly. Like if you want everything to go wrong, kind of thing. This is this is one of those things. So talk to me a little bit about the goal, though, because um, from what I remember seeing. Somebody gets picked off. I, I think it was in the midfield. You, 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 can, you can tell me who gets stole, get the ball stolen. Um, and then it, it looks like it's run up the right side by, through Taylor, passes off to Rubio, who looks like he's going to shoot it. But I think, then I think he kind of fakes the shot, opens up some space to get it to Galvan, who, who gets it on his left. Is, does that feel about right? Well, I, I think it's, it's, it's you know – we always have to look at what uh, I just I just like to say that every time we play a, a team with the Barrios in it, we just never really have a good dinner. When you play with Dallas, you always stretch chase. And in this case, it was kind of similar, right? Like there were some runs that he was very penetrated. He penetrated deeply and he was able to pass out the ball. And that's how it was. You know, Barrios penetrated deeply. Uh, I think it was on on the right on the right side or the left side. I, I forget which side it was, but DJ couldn't get to the ball, and then he 
and then they crossed the ball over and then they crossed over the ball one more time and someone took a, a, a shot um, and it ricocheted off the post and went in. So, I mean, it was like, it was a nice goal. No doubt it was a nice goal, but to have a, a goal literally and an extra time in the first half, that, that's just demoralizing. Yeah. And, and so talk a little bit about the second half, because, you know, you're, you're down a goal. There's still plenty of time. Let me ask the question, I guess, why didn't things get any better? Because from all uh, responses that I was seeing, like like you alluded to earlier, things got progressively worse and it just got more and more frustrating to watch. I was I was actually told by Zeller not to tune in. He's just like, just just stay away from it. It's 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 all going wrong. So I took his advice. So so tell me what what got worse leading up towards the end with the the next goal that I, that I will gladly talk about because it was a beautiful goal. But what, was it a defensive breakdown, just the midfield not containing? I mean, the, the attack just dead. Please take it. I mean, it was all that. Like, like it was literally all that. If we didn't have Tyler Miller, they would have scored at least four goals. I think there's a couple of times where Tyler Miller just comes out and cuts at the angle perfectly. Uh, and there are times where, like, you know, like he – he had the one block shot and then I don't know why it took. Um, um, I'm trying to think who it was that was trying to kick the ball up. Uh, Greg was so long to clear the ball, but he cleared the ball into another player and then made, made Tyler have another save. It was like a double save. And it was just one of those things. The, the, the sense of urgency and the, sen- and the, and the sense to play quickly was not there from anybody. And I think that was the thing that was probably most frustrating about it all was just the fact that um, they didn't have, they had all the tools. I mean, they had players that could do that kind of stuff, but there wasn't anything that could be done. And and there were very, very few instances where like all all Colorado had to do was tip the ball in and it would gone into the goal. And some defensive things that Fragapani did when he was on the ground and had the ball away to have Ozzy clear that were just crazy, but we just we just didn't want to win. We didn't. It just looked like we didn't want to play at all. And I think that's 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 what happens. Like, are you you're making our defense do a lot of the defending without a lot of communication? Uh, and I think with the lack of leadership on that line, that it just it just it just became very holy. Like there was lots yeah. of holes for people to play with. Worth mentioning, it's kind of incredible that while Fragapane was being investigated for racial abuse, he started and played in both of these matches, which is not generally something that happens. No, that happens all the time. <laughs> Does it really? Yeah. In MLS? Yeah. I don't remember it happening all the time in MLS. Yeah, I mean, unless, it's, unless it's, you can it's, prove it's it. Not, it's not taken seriously at all. Well, yeah. that, that is, I understand, but I, I don't remember it happening. All right, that's fine. Um, let me talk about the Shinishinki goal because it is spectacular. He, I, I don't remember how the ball gets through, but like you said, there obviously was a big hole and he's far. I mean, he's, he's out there from the, from the top of the goal key. And for whatever reason, Miller is very high off his line and he just chips that baby, just chips Tyler Miller. And it's got some power on it too. It's not like a lob chip. It's, it, it's a powerful shot, but still just right over his head. And I mean, what can you do? It was a gorgeous goal. So for all the Nipo Brasileiros, that's, that's a, that's a good one. I, I like that kid a lot. He's, he's very talented. Um, so there's your final two nil. Let's talk about the 89th and 
and Juan Chope just, uh, um, I think it was Chad, Chad Cepeda shouts to you for bringing in the blood sport reference. You, you know, me and MJ very well. That is our jam. He very much goes for the blood sport. Um, what do we call this? A shovel hook, but like in the Van Damme version, it's very much like the open palm uh, during a set piece. Uh, direct red, like the ref is like right there, like really you doing this in front of me. I mean, just come on. I mean, that's a, that's, that's not he, even a yellow in cold. He had to wait like two minutes, right before the whistle was blown. But nope, I'm just gonna right in the ribs. Here it is. I think that's <laughs> that's one of the things too. Is like, why would you bring in one chope? Like I. You had other options. It's the altitude. I don't know if he's going to do that well. Um, but, you know, I mean, what, when did Avila come in? I think he was at the – yeah, because Drebin Lewis got traded. Yeah, he came in at the 65th minute. So I I understand that you that, – that the Heath is trying to, like, do the shock thing, right? So you're not working for me. I'm going to yank you out. I don't care who you are. Anu hasn't gotten enough time to be able to figure things out yet. Uh, Juan Chope is quite not good, by the way. Yeah, and Juan Chope is not a like for like substitution. So like, if you wanted someone to be fast, put in the young one. Put Patrick Way and make the seventeen year old run around, just like crazy. Make the eighteen year old run around like crazy and just provide energy, right? I mean, if you want to change the tempo of your game, you want someone who's willing to run, who's willing to be able to make those things. And, and nobody was willing to make a run against this team. It, it, they just look so flat. Look so gassed. It just looked like they didn't want to be there. And yeah, but, but that stupid, punch, stupid I swear, I, was like, I saw it and I was like, oh my gosh, really? Yeah. Like, like, you know, just, Gabriel, just the, Gabriel uh... Jesus literally hit <laughs> someone in the face. And he well, we're getting... Oh, yeah, yeah, that was last week. That's right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he couldn't, like, I mean, like, come on now. I was like, he, he wanted to one up him. He's in Argentine. He's like, well, the Brazilian. Well, I'm going to fly one, punch, one inch punch. That's right. If he could do the flying jump kick, well, I'm going to do the, the shovel hook. Uh, and the funny thing is, like, gross. when Chope went straight to the bench, did you see that? I didn't, no. No, he went straight to the bench, and then they had people tell him he had to leave. And he's like, why? 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 <laughs> he just got up and he left, and he ended up being in the stand. So he didn't really leave Amazing. the stadium. So uh, it was funny. I was like, I was laughing. I was like, oh, well, well, if you needed a show, if you needed a game where everything was just down the drain and it was just yeah. a poor game, this was it. That was, that was, that was the, uh, Cherry on top. Cherry on top, if you yeah. will. That was cherry yeah. on top because it was a red card and that was it. I mean, you couldn't do much of anything. And it sucks too because it, 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 they're off next week. And, you know, in, in theory, you'd like to be building some momentum before the break. And, and like you said, they're, they're very much down on the drain right now after this to have the break. And I don't know. It's just it's not a good feeling after the last two. You know, it's very yeah, the roller coaster who, season continues. Yeah, you know who comes into town, right? Oh yeah, Sounders, right? Yeah, undefeated Sounders and uh, yikes, soon to and then, be and then Portland, uh, I think. Golden, after them. Yep, yep, and soon to be <laughs> Golden Boot winner Raul Ruiz Diaz, who scores with a blood jersey. Uh, I think last game he scored because he got a cut over his eye, had to change his jersey, so he's he he had a jersey that had no number on it, and he ends up scoring. So. Yeah. I, I, I'm like, I'm like, I, yeah, we talked about earlier in the season. What is the section of players where you actually want to have people playing at their, at their, at their best. And that was, this is the stretch. This is the stretch you wanted to do that. We knew Colorado yeah. was going to be tough. Then you get the Sounders and then you get Portland. That's never fun. So, nope. and if we, well if said. we want to make a push for the playoffs, we 
we gotta we gotta drop points. Um, let's let's kind of burn through some of the other slate there on Wednesday. Toronto, coachless Toronto, does bounce back three two over New England. Uh, Montreal gets a win over NYCFC. Chicago again, two wins in a row now. Chicago, Calvo-less Chicago, uh, over Orlando three to one. LAFC two nil over Austin. We already talked Minnesota, Seattle continue their role two nil over Houston, uh, Real Salt Lake over Vancouver, and the Galaxy over Dallas. Um, Briefly, anything there you want to cover or keep moving? Where was the L.A. Dallas game? It was in L.A. Mm-hmm. Yep. I just I'm wondering about like how these teams are faring in like this heat. Very good question. I mean, considering a few weeks ago when it was like, you know, the planet Mars in Portland and they and they still played in Portland. I hard to say that that game should not have happened. I mean. The fact that they pushed it to like midnight or whatever it was, was still shouldn't have happened, but it did because capitalism. All right. Um, NWSL, it's, it's again, it's been a little hard to keep up just because there's so much other stuff happening with all the tournaments, but I thought it was worth highlighting this. This isn't necessarily a, a breaking thing. This is from a few weeks ago, but um, we have uh, Kumi Yoko, Yokoyama. And, and they uh, came out as transgender, so kudos to them. And not the first transgender player in the uh, NWSL. There's Quinn, who played for a while at the Reign on loan now in Sweden. But big news, and they've been a good advocate as well for LGBTQ community in Japan. And uh, I thought it would just be a good thing to highlight, uh, highlight this. So does Pretty that cool. mean that they aren't going to be able to play anymore no not at all okay still playing yep 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 rodrigo do you know do you know anything more about uh i mean i remember the nwsl put something out relating trans relating to trans athletes and um i i'm just blanking right now on on what it was i'm just we i'm just wondering if there's like rules about like um like they wouldn't be able to, you know, do any kind of hormone treatment no. or anything like yeah, that. Yeah, I, I, I don't know. I mean, from what uh, what Kumi made it in their in their statement, it says in the future I want to quit soccer and live as a and live as a man. So I'm assuming it's um, they'll make that decision to make that after there's after they decide to stop playing soccer so okay so they're not going to necessarily do this right away right that's what it that's what it seems from the statement that's that was my assumption so Mm -hmm. so they're going to play until they feel that they don't want to play anymore and that's when they'll decide to 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 live uh live that rest of their process as as how they choose to so yep all right let's take a break and do some euros and copa america and whatever else Hi, this is Lisa Watch, and no, you must be tuning because I am definitely not blessing your ears in this podcast. Anyways, back to the Minnesota football show. Bienvenidos, welcome back to the second half of the Minnesota football show. 
Well, we'll talk about everything that's international uh, in the aspects of football. Uh, and of course, we have to talk about the Euros and we'll talk about Copa America and maybe I'll cry over Copa America. But um, <laughs> we'll, you, we'll... you have a lot to be proud of. I will say that. Well, we didn't we didn't destroy any Brazilians at all. And no, but I wanted we'll, us to we'll least... get there. I, I still think there's positives to take from it. Um, let's let's start with the Euros. Um, we'll, we'll just burn through and get ourselves caught up to basically tomorrow. But and and Sheila, feel free to jump in and take the driver's seat as well, because, again, I didn't do a great job of my viewing this week. Um, but we had quarters into semis. So we had Czech Republic and Denmark. Two to one win, Denmark over Czech Republic. Um, talk Denmark, I put in here. I, I just, I have such good memories of, of my time there. And, and so, and, and the story and the narrative, you know, you guys know I'm the narrative guy. So I, I just fell in love with the team and fell in love with the, the run. Um, You're just a time. big softy. That's what you are, Aaron. I am, Just a big softy. It's funny, like coming out of the gym, we were talking too, because we're right across from the cemetery there on, on Chicago in like 46 or whatever it was. And, um, people were saying, oh, it's just a good day to be hanging in front of a ceremony, uh, in front of a cemetery. And I'm like, you know, the Danes love to party in the cemeteries. It, it took me aback like the first week I was there. And by like week two or three, they'd be like, Eric, Hans Christian, Jan- Hans Christian Anderson tombstone midnight, be there, bring a 12 pack. I'm like, all right, sweet. And that's what we did. We like partied in the cemetery with the dead. That sounds like <laughs> a really bad be horror movie but but they'd be packed like and not just like the one where christian anderson was but like all random cemeteries like it was like a thing people would take out their acoustic guitars and i don't know like like i said i, I was a little taken aback at first but but when nobody in, died when nobody happened turned, man nobody turned into a zombie no no killer sheep showed up and ate anybody where you were all good <laughs> all good that's funny killer sheep um Ukraine and England also played, and this is the one where England kind of like hit the pedal to the metal. That's right. Started to show up. 4-0, big win. Harry Kane gets a brace. The stupid chant continues. Um, There was a great (laughs) – you know exactly what I'm talking about. It's coming home. It's coming home. There was a spectacular – I didn't know there was a song until someone played it for me, and I was like, oh, my God. Did you see the tweet that Bridget sent us that I had to like forward? It's beautiful. Um, no. I can't directly quote it, but the guy basically says every time an England supporter sings It's Coming Home, one of the museums has to give back an artifact they stole. Oh, that's right. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, ah. If it was uh, only true. There, there was another there was another funny tweet. I can't remember who said it that just was like, um, you know, it's been so long that, um, you know, it's been decades since England was like ever in the running for an international tournament mm-hmm. that like and they're still insufferable do you imagine what it's going to be like if they actually yes. win that is that is a very good segue yeah. sheila here we go um semifinals so england and denmark and italia and España. so we let's do the italy spain first um kielsa scores in the 60th with a gorgeous blast I, I in the first half i caught a little bit of this one um it was very much back and forth kind of a track meet um but as you've alluded to many times rodrigo the spanish offense isn't great and they just have such a hard time getting the ball anywhere close to the net like they'll shoot but it'll be high and wide high and wide um 
it was a rough one, but Morata does score in the 80th to kind of tie things up. And it was, it was kind of a garbage goal. It just kind of squirts out in the box and he's able to put it away. Um, so one, one full time, we do the extra times, um, more of the same, you know, at this point, these teams are also exhausted too. It's almost just like, just let them go to penalties. Cause everybody just wants to get this thing. Done. It's such a letdown though. When, when it's like every game, it seems like goes into penalties or like, so. yeah, yeah, no, it's, it's not, I'd be so tired though, too. I just can't imagine. I just, I think for the fan, like seeing all these penalties, it just, it, it just exhausts them as well, too. I'm like, totally. Yeah. It's and it just, game. it just seems just like, like, watch more like anymore, flipping yeah. a coin. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah. and this one, this, this was actually an enter- entertaining penalty shootout because it was like a keeper party. I had a lot of fun watching uh, Donnarumma and Simon for Spain because they were both there for it. I think what, where a lot of the players were obviously exhausted and tired, like we said, the keepers were like, I don't know. They, they got a jolt of something because they were putting on a show. Um, both these guys had multiple stops. Um, I think they had two apiece right, or they had one apiece right away. Then it kind of spread out. Then they each had another one. Um, and then finally, Italy got on the roll and, and they, they win the shootout four to two. I, Go ahead. I forget who the, uh, who the Italian captain was that went to do the, uh, oh, yeah. the um, coin toss. Kalini. Um, uh, did you did you did yeah, you, it was did kind you of an entertaining little spectacular they had to redo it they had to redo it and he kept that like smiling and joking he, he pushes kept, the guy like smacks like, him around mentiroso, mentiroso, yeah. right. like they had to redo he, it again that was that was great i love that he part. looks so much like my cousin waiter that it's hilarious i actually said it to him and he's like yeah 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 i know i get it down in brazil too <laughs> it's like it's you what are you doing it's, it's, it's my cousin in a Kalini jersey <laughs> so that was uh, fun um, uh, one thing about this game was Please. that the Spanish player that missed um, was getting like death threats already. Yes, before this, yes, he was. That's Morata. Yeah, it's pretty. So bad. I wonder, like, how he's doing. He's uh, probably in hiding question. somewhere, right? Very you good know. question. I mean, I don't. I just don't get like, like. The aspect of social media where like people start saying death threats before a game, like I'm like, what's what is it really gonna do, right? I mean, and if you really like want to see how many of this like unwanted banter happens, just like just just go to Reggie Cannon's face. I mean, mm. Instagram page. He posts about it all the time, all the mm. crap that he gets, not only from regular fans, uh, but also Italian fans as well too. So it's just it's just it's just it's unwanted to unwarranty. And it yeah. really doesn't do any, you know, any, any progress or anything. It's just stupid overall. Not at all. Yeah. But so, so Italy is your first finalist. So they the, are in. The colonizers get to go home finally. Well, we, we had that discussion on your thread. They're all colonizers, but you, you, end, you can right? argue in, in, in the relay of colonizers, Spain, Spain's up there ahead. I'll give you that. Yeah. <laughs> That's um, okay. As long as they so, get to go home. Yeah. On the other end, we had... And they didn't have a strong... I mean, I, I was not convinced they were a strong team to start with, but... I didn't think they were going to get out of the group the way they started. They were well, they I looked sh- terrible. They shouldn't have. They were horrible. Anyways, um, let's move on to this England and Denmark. Sure. Uh, I don't know. Who wants, who wants to start on this one? I, I had... Uh, well, I went to see this game at Brits. Oh, how Sweet. was that? Um, it, it was packed. Um, I went there with my aunt, who's... Uh, so my cousin married... Um, someone from Denmark and they're 
very into soccer. So my aunt was supporting Denmark at Brits. <laughs> Ask him next time about partying in the cemeteries. <laughs> um, so anyway, yeah, I mean, it was, uh, it was wild to be there, you know, because I mean, I've been into, I've been to like Blackheart and, and, you know, when restaurants and stuff, but like, this was, you know, I mean, it was like nothing changed. It was like pre-pandemics, completely packed, you know. But anyway, uh, yeah, it was a fun game to watch. Uh, England definitely dominated the whole time. Uh, You know, I was surprised that Denmark even scored. That goal was awesome. I I, I can't remember what was happening, but I I was having difficulty with my uh, stream, I think. But I caught the very first goal off of that free kick, uh, Domgard. I mean, perfectly curled over the wall, just enough outside of, of the keeper's vision where he had to react. Uh, he reacted too slowly. I mean, poof. Wow. Yeah, it, was, it was a beautiful goal, but it was kind of an anomaly because it was pretty much England pretty much controlled the ball the entire time. Up until and, that yeah, point. Yeah. I think, I think it was, it was, it was a balance. Like they, they were taking care of that. But like I had no, I had no one really to cheer for in a sense. Like so, I was indifferent about this game. Like I, I think Denmark was a great Cinderella story that they were making all the way, and of course, someone wants to go see that. And I didn't really care too much about England in a sense. But like, you know, I really don't want them to keep on singing "It's Coming Home" forever. So hopefully, either I want them to get out of get <laughs> really out of here. They're gonna stop. I mean, if they win after singing the song so many goddamn times, then they're that's why I don't. Go. You know, that, that, we'll get to our <laughs> poor Sheila. Here, but I'm pretty much set already. Like, like, I, what, I, was I it just nonstop at Brits? I'm guessing. Uh, yeah. No, they weren't. I'm. The people were not singing that song. Okay. Well, at least I hope that. That's at least so that. mad annoying. Um, I put in here 37 Schmeichel with an amazing one v one stop where he slid down and basically slide tackled the ball. I mean, it was it was beautiful. The 37th. Uh, go to the 39th with the own goal once again. The golden boot winner of this tournament, the own goal. I believe this is number 11, if I'm not mistaken. Um, Care. I mean, it, like you're talking about, Sheila, it, it was nonstop pressure from England, and that's basically what caused the goal. And so Care was. The, the keeper was beat. The line was beat. He's trying to just clear the ball and he just get kicks it the wrong way and straight into the top of the net. Uh, so Denmark scores both goals, one for one, get one against at this point at halftime. Um, what did you see in the second half? Um, Either of you. Yeah. I mean, I think um, that it was more of the same that, you know, I, I was surprised England didn't score. Um, and then, you know, went into overtime. It was actually, I was kind of happy that even though I kind of did want Denmark to win, um, I was kind of happy that, uh, you know, it ended with actual, an actual score rather going to, than going to penalties. Uh, tell us about it. So you go 104 to, uh, Harry Kane, go ahead. How'd that oh, go I happen? don't know it to that detail. I mean, oh, it, I'm trying to remember too. It was it was a rebound, right, Rodrigo? If I'm not mistaken, I I, I feel like he rebounded it off off of. Uh... I, I believe so, but overall, I mean, like, on 104 minutes, you're just waiting for it to go, and just it's just. Oh yeah, like, yeah. No, sh- it's a PK. Schmeichel stops it. He gets the rebound. Yeah, you're right. That's what it was. Yeah, and I'm gonna say, I I want to say I want to say because I don't remember much of this game just like because I was watching it at the corner of my eye, 
it was just one of those things like to be Denmark on 104 at the, the 104th minute and like just have that happen just you know like how demoralizing that it finally but overall I mean like I mean the rankings from Denmark should go up right I mean they they're a team to beat like their passing is crisp they were understanding of space um that's that's a good team and that's without their star player either so yep. and i yep. will say like after england scored they were just basically playing keep away yeah so there it is uh you've got an italy england final tomorrow and technically i am british so there you go yeah so do be you want to come home then sheila is that what you're saying i'm Stop just like, i'm sort of ambivalent because i'm also irish Congrats to Rodrigo, by the way, who picked Italy like a month ago. So well done, sir. All the way to the final. Yeah, well, if you're going to pick one colonizer, pick <laughs> the one that you hate the least, I guess. I don't know. Well said. Um, speaking of colonization, to Copa America. Copa COVID. Uh, we're, we're about in the same spot here. We're getting ready for the final this evening. But leading up to here, we had um, some quarterfinals, Uruguay and Colombia. They went nil-nil, and Colombia wins on penalties 4-2. to two. And then Argentina basically just took it to Ecuador, um, mostly in the second half. Uh, it was a late goal in the, in the first, and then Messi does his thing in stoppage time. Martinez gets one, 3 nils, your final there. Um, so, that sets, uh, so, that's, so that gets Argentina through. Uh, Rodrigo, why don't you take this one? Because, honestly, I didn't get a chance to watch. I was teaching. Um, Brazil, Peru. Yes, Brazil wins, but not by a lot. It was just a 1-0 final score. Paqueta in the 35th minute, a great goal, I would say, by, by Paqueta. But, I mean, like I said, I think Peru has a lot to be proud about. I and mean, Holding Brazil to a goal and then shutting them out in the second half, that's good stuff, man. I mean, I think it's, 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 it's a good, like, I don't know. I just here's – my, here's my beef. I'm just – you know, I like a Copa America where, like, we don't have to pay Brazil in the same group. Like, move Brazil to a different group because, like, Peru plays them like every Copa America. Like last Copa America, we played them and we got beat five nothing during the 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 play of the group, and then we ended up playing them in the final. Right? I mean, this is kind of similar in the situation. We played them in the group, got beat four nothing, and then we played them in in, in the quarterfinals. And I mean, uh, Gareca was was good in the aspect of like understanding that he played. Four I think five in the back, like we were playing in just the counter. And yeah. unfortunately, you know, our defense is not the strongest. And I think we didn't take Luis Advincula. We didn't take some of the, some of the regulars, right. To took some of the youth players. And I think it was great for some of our youth players. I think uh, for me, uh, Gianluca Lapadula, which is an amazing story. If you ever want to watch, I'll, I'll send you a YouTube video about like his story about, how he became a Peruvian national team player. He literally took the mantle from Paolo. And I think he scored three to four goals in the Copa America in his first tournament playing for the national team. And I think, you know, people called him Batman because after, I believe, one of the second game, um, he had a broken nose. And so he had to wear the, the, the face mask. And he played, and so he was able to do that and still score goals and understand what it is. He's truly become Peru's new number nine. Which is great because Paolo, you know, he's he's old now, and and it was great. I think but the future is bright, man. I, I think I, I think I think it has a potential, and I think I always like the way that Peru in the last 
four Copa Americas is either been second to fourth, mm-hmm. right? And I think it's much better than, you know, like people always look at Chile and Chile's Copa America was trash. <laughs> I'm not going to say it. Like, I'm going to be nice about it, but it, they play Brazil, right? That game With a insane. man up for 50 minutes and they couldn't score. To, yeah. right? It was like nobody wanted the ball. That, that was a super Comebolazo game, just everything was it was it was that was that was one of those games you're like what's going on you can't even try to score i mean when alexi sanchez was your number 10 and then he gets subbed out because he's he's still not full i mean dear lord like this is this is horrible we like we were at the black heart watching this game was me Corey, and wes in the back room because wes had asked us and um there's a point where like the level of frustration is 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 and i wish and i wish there was better video of this because there's video but not very good video um there's a point where wes is so frustrated with the chilean uh attack that he gets up and he throws his hat against it against the projection screen because That's nothing funny. is happening i was like wow i was like i was like i knew that i knew chile wasn't going to be the strong this year but like that was just a trash game and it was just yeah. one of those things where you're like wow you can't you know you have all the other you know uh, you get the you get the uh, you get the barbers in, and then you get the other guests of the night in, and 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 you still you still can't you can't 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 produce a good Copa America. So. Well, just remember for next time, because there, I'm sure there will be more corruption in the next time for Peru. You've you've got to pay the fascist dictators militia for kidnapping the referees. I mean, this, this these are the Colmebol rules, and I'm pretty sure Peru did not bozo up. You got to bozo up. That's how okay. these things work. Do you, do you also know who what what uh, what country the referee of this game was from? I'm going to guess Argentina? No. Was he Brazilian? No. Oh, wow. I'm out um Colombia. No. Holy crap. Uh Ecuador? No, it was Chile. Like going, oh, I'm like going through the whole continent now. <laughs> a Chilean oh, referee, and uh, actually, the Peruvian team lodged in complaints. And actually, Neymar said that he would also lodge a complaint, which was because of verbal abuse that the the referee was doing towards the Peruvian. That the ref was doing. Oh, yeah. Claps. So you know, it was one of these things where you're like, yeah, that's great. That's like, wow. you know, like better than four nothing, which we were able to watch that game, but. Overall, like for me, Gianluca and all the new players that were able to like it was it was great to watch them play and get yeah. that experience specifically and prepare them for qualifiers in September. So that's right. And you got one more still, too. Let's just talk about um, Gabriel Jesus <laughs> aforementioned going down in history for his MMA trial, which I think went very well. But his, he is now suspended for the final tonight and for the next few games. No surprise there because that thing was pretty amazing and totally out of control. Um, I got to watch the Argentina Colombia semifinal. And this was a fun match. I don't know if anybody else got to see this, but this was very much a back and forth, back and forth. And I mean, Argentina started off very fast and Colombia just were not set. They were not ready to get the early goal six minute with Martinez with Messi doing messy things, basically taking on the entire defense. And, you know, he wants that goal. He wants it, but but then um, Martinez is just sitting at the top of the key. So he like burns like three or four people and just a tiny little squirt pass right out. And Martinez just buries it right away. Um, that puts him in the lead for assists, by the way, Messi with five assists. And they just kept the pressure on Argentina. 37, Barrios hits the post. Um, 
and then Gonzalez also. I mean, Colombia were lucky to go uh, one down at the half. Ospina was working pretty hard. But then all of a sudden, second half starts and Colombia is ready for it. Like, I don't know, the, the, the halftime talk it must have been spectacular. Some some very, uh, what, what was the old uh, Friday Night Lights? That's They must have had a Friday Night Lights chat because they were ready. Um, lots of check-in, getting physical, uh, hip bumps, take uh, sliding slide tackles. And the 61st minute, Diaz gets a great goal, which is, I, I recommend if you haven't seen this goal, the angle that he's able to pull off. I mean, it's, it's like a geometry lesson. Very, very sharp angle. Kind of similar in a way to the, he wasn't as covered tightly as the Kalman goal, but in a way, just the ridiculous angle was, was similar. Um, so they tie it up on one. And again, um, back and forth, Di Maria uh, goes 1v1. Ospina gets the best of him. That was, that was a sweet goalkeeper stop, by the way. Pereira, I'm praising Ospina. So if you're listening to this, you're welcome. Apparently, he doesn't like that I talk bad about, bad about their keeper. So there it is. I'm saying good things about Ospina. Um, goes to PKs. And again, this was similar to the Euro one. The, the, the keepers were both up for this, and they both get really big saves. They kind of start set the tone and, and, and kind of start it off. But uh, Martinez ends up with uh, not one, two, or, but three saves. Um, so Argentina wins three to two on PKs. This is the final that the corruption bought. This is what we wanted. This is what was going to happen. So right. it's Argentina, Brazil tonight on Univision. And the narrative here, which is, of course, they're going to do this because uh, tragedy. 44,000 or 4,400 fans are going to be in attendance. Uh, 2,200 for Argentina, 2,200 for Brazil. And apparently no entrance fee, but they're going to be tested. Right. Everyone has to come tickets. with a test and to get a ticket. There's like results. Uh, like, that's like okay. ridiculous. It's ridiculous. crazy. The funny Absolutely thing about, about the PKs, though, the story about the PKs yeah. was not only the Argentinian goalkeeper trash talking. That's everyone, right. But also yeah. Messi trash talking everyone else, too, after the PKs. I thought it was like, you know, like Messi is always, you know, the majority of the time he's a reserve player. He keeps very calm. quiet. Yep. But this has been his Copa America, right? <laughs> every time, every time he comes to a Copa America, every time he comes to a major tournament, the thing about Messi is that he never delivers. He never is playing. He seems kind of this has been he's been on ever since it started. Yeah. And this has been his best Copa America I've seen him play. Well, so he's kind of the I'm, elder statesman now, too. So he's well, really I, like he's just I mean, I I I I love seeing him just being agitated and uh and just yelling on Jerry Mina to dance because <laughs> he likes to dance after he scores and he's like dance after and then the and then just you know screaming the, at Barrios, you're faster than me. Go yeah, get it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. So like it was it was just that was just entertaining. Like it was just one of those things where you're like, wow. Yeah. I was like, so hopefully we'll get a like I, I would not mind having a chippy Copa America final. If you get a couple of red cards, that make it more entertaining. I just <laughs> I just classic. want I just want the full blown telenovela in ninety sec ninety minutes. That's all I want. Like Univision tonight at seven o'clock. But before we uh end there, Rodrigo, you got your third place match with Colombia and Peru. Didn't go your way, but very much a back and forth kind of boxing match. Three two is the final. Do you wanna talk about that briefly? I mean, it was it was a, it, playing Colombia has always been uh, one of the one of the funnest games just because of their offense, of anything like that. Um, 
Again, our defense is not always the strongest, and that's and that's okay in this tournament. I think a lot of experience has been gained by a lot of the players. But dear lord, like like Diaz is 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 lights out when he shoots and can't leave him wide open. And just when you thought we were going to go to extra time, Diaz in the 94th plus minute, just no one steps up to him, gets a ball that uh I guess he was able to get his hands out, but not enough to, to keep out. And then there you go. I think um, for Peru, this has been a Copa America for Christian Cueva to get back into good form. I also yep. think La Padula is, is is just shown that he's our striker. And I think who does he overall, play for? La Padula. Oh, here's the story. All right, so I'm going to tell you the quick version story. Okay. Uh, Gianluca La Padula has a Peruvian mother, but he was born in Italy. Um, oh yeah, I know this. One. Yeah, and so then he um, played mostly in Serie B, but he was one of the stars in Serie. He, he started in Serie C, then he scored like twenty goals, and then they moved. Team moved to Serie B, then he scored thirty goals, enough to be able to be called up for a friendly to play for the Italian national team in twenty fifteen. And then that friendly, they played uh, some, you know, not a, not a big competition team, and he scored three goals. But then after that, they never called him back again. And it was, and, and at that time, Gareca had offered him to come play Copa America, but his team was playing um, for relegation playoffs, and so he opted not to. And pretty much that brings us to today. Where he's finally accepted and he's come and played and you know interesting that he's played for one national team and not playing for the for other but he's if you have you ever follow anything that he puts on that he's 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 enjoyed his time and he's very thankful for everything that's happened and everyone who's been really gracious with him and in, in, in implementing him to the group this core has been a fun group to to watch play and, and just all the all the tricks that they play on each other. Um, Overall, like the camaraderie and the fact that the people sing with each other, one plays the guitar, another plays the piano, and the fact that mm-hmm. they there's a good core and good core values so far within each other, that's good to see. So Hell yeah, so so he's in Serie A. He, he's in Italy right now. He's in Serie B. Team. Yeah. Serie B. But after this, I bet, I bet that'll I change. Know. Yeah, yeah. No, I hope I, that that's going to change. I mean, that's I'd love change. to see him like somewhere else i mean i you know i tagged uh newcastle be like we do need a striker let's get <laughs> get this guy for like 10 million dollars and we'll be fine so it made me think of Jorginho too who's brazilian born but playing on the italian national team right now in in the euros there's all those weird little dual national right and just same with the just same, just same with the, the the scottish national team right scotland uh-huh. they could they could they could really if they really were wanted to be a-holes they could be like okay We'll take Kane. We'll take we'll take Grealish, and yep. then we'll take some other people from all over Europe, and then you guys figure out how you do that. You know, but well, that that's a good transition too into the Gold Cup. We'll end here. Uh, starts today. Um, the the big news is Curacao, who have been really fun to watch through qualification. They are actually out due to COVID. Uh, too many positive tests. So Guatemala is is the next team up in points. So Guatemala will be all of a sudden taking their place basically now as things get started. So it's kind of a rough time to just jump in and and take it without a lot of uh, notice. But apparently that's happening. 
Um, so I, I, I don't think, I can't remember if the El Salvador match is happening today because that would have been against Curacao and they might be giving him a little extra time. But Mexico, Trinidad and Tobago, that's going to be after the Copa America final with Brazil and Argentina tonight. Uh, again, on Univision, so doubleheader on Univision. And then tomorrow, um, both the U.S. and Canada in the same group Canada goes early at 5.30 against Martinique, and then the U.S. and Haiti play at 7.30. That one is also on Univision. And what I was going to try and tie the dual triple national thing into was, um, well, I was going to use Curacao as an example, but since they're out, I'll use um, Suriname. Because now you've got all of the Dutch-born players of Surinamese parents that maybe they didn't make the cut for the Dutch national team, so they're... Now playing for Suriname, so Suriname might be a fun one to watch during this Gold Cup as well. With some really talented players, and you think about in the past before the dual national thing was was uh, legal and was a thing, Edgar Davids and right. like all those legendary Dutch players that have Caribbean parents, you know, or or they were born I mean, yeah. in Suriname or Curaçao. Trinidad and Tobago is always a, a fun team to try to watch. Um, I also think Canada without Alfonso Davies would be interesting to see what happens with that as well, too. So we'll see. Yeah, I mean, there, there's a scenario where Canada might win this group with the USAB team. I mean, who knows? I, I, I'm confident the U.S. will go through, but, you know, Canada might stick it to them. Uh, they might. Yeah. Stick a fork into this Stick episode. a fork. That's That's it. Stick a fork in it. We're done. And we'll stick a fork into this episode. Thank you, everyone who's listening um, to people who are leaving us messages, interacting with us on social media. Uh, we appreciate all the support. Uh, uh, we got the and- Patreon, uh, patreon.com backslash MN football show. You know, I, I think I'll record a, a longer Gianluca Lapadula story. Do it. Yes. Uh, for the Patreon, just because I think it's an interesting story to have someone who plays yeah, and a, and a one internet and a, and a well-known in, uh, national team, and then and then decides to to go do the other thing. So yeah, absolutely. That, that, that's all I got. I'm same, out same. Here ready to enjoy my my weekend and go on a bike ride and and hopefully, um, just 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 relax for once. Yeah. Thank you, Rodrigo. Thank you, Sheila. Thank you, listeners. Uh, enjoy all the finals. Copa America tonight. Euros tomorrow. Gold Cup starts up. There's always some football to talk about, as as unfortunately my family reminds me. There's always football. And there's baking, too. Ciao, ciao.